Good morning, everyone. It is 6.46 a.m. in New York City. We are on day 14. I think we are on day 14 of self-isolation and quarantine. Now, you will hear my children in the background. They just burst out of their bedroom. Their father, my husband, is taking them to the kitchen right now and coaxing them into their daytime clothing. Um, And we are, if anyone's listening from the future, we are in the middle of a really interesting and unprecedented time. We are dealing with coronavirus and the outbreak of what is now officially a pandemic. And it is wild. Before I get into into the topic of today's episode, I do want to make one note, and that is that I am consciously choosing to talk about coronavirus and COVID-19 and to share in real time what's happening with us to the extent possible. Because when I stop to think about and evaluate what would be useful to the people that I serve, the people that I work with, um, and I work with a population of women that are navigating pregnancy and parenting uh, and now working from home and adjusting to a recession, the this can't not be addressed in the work that we are doing. And, and, and so because of the nature of this podcast, and because of the nature of the people that I serve, I've made a conscious decision to incorporate this into my practice. Now, this doesn't mean that I recommend that every business suddenly drop what they're doing and start completely shifting and upending what it is that you work on to address this situation because this situation is going to be temporary. Um, We don't know how long it will last. We don't know what the long-term ramifications are, but it won't always be like this. And many, many people offer useful business things that need to keep offering those useful business things. So I'll give you an example. Um, a Peloton, as an example, I have a Peloton bike in my home. They are probably going to see a surge of purchases uh, for people who want to work out from home. They will also, you know, people won't be able to buy it because they don't have the resources right now. However, I have been watching what they are doing with their live stream classes because I take their classes. And you can tell across all of the teachers that they there must be some sort of instruction not to talk about coronavirus. You can absolutely tell because none of the teachers are talking about it. However, you can tell that it has affected their business because the studios are empty and there aren't the students who are usually taking the classes inside of the live studio. So they're clearly practicing social distancing. And the teachers will make comments, but they have been adjusted to be something that will be more evergreen. So you can hear the teachers saying, you know, when things get really uncertain or things get tough or whenever you face like something that's hard, if you need to let out your stress. And so I am just imagining the memo uh, from whoever is organizing that says, hey, let's think about our customers. Our customers, our people who get on the bike might be getting on the bike to escape, to avoid, to have some sort of sense of normalcy, to have stress release. And if you are a client or you are a person that is watching the news in the morning and dealing with the changes throughout the day, you might not want to get on the bike and be constantly reminded yet again of everything that's going on. Also in the future, you might not want to go back and take classes that are all themed coronavirus classes. So 
So I say this all as context before getting in here, because if you are navigating what to do with your business, or you are thinking about like, how do I address this? And what should I address? We absolutely need to respond to things that are happening around us. And some of us are going to be mad scrambling to pivot our businesses and to adjust. But at the same time, the skills that you offer and the things that you offer and the way that you offer it doesn't have to look like everyone else. And what you are doing is important by itself. If you offer writing support, help people with writing support and keep reminding them of what you do. It is okay to sell during this time because people still need services. It is okay to share. You don't have to suddenly drop and give everything away that you do for free. And you might not need to completely invert or adjust your business. It really depends on what sector you're in. So all of that is for context. Um, I'm going to, I, I want to, I won't say I'm going to, I want to talk more about this and share more about like how to adjust your business during times like these, but I, I, I am limited to my time in the microphone while hiding in a corner of the house while my children are living with it within the same household while my partner is also working because we are over here in New York City navigating this intense and interesting period of adjusting to working from home while also being full-time parents, which means we have radically decreased amounts of time to work and our ability to focus and pay attention and drop in to flow states is really challenged. So all of this is happening. And today on this episode, I just want to talk about your feelings. I want to talk about dealing with our feelings and I want to share with you a practice of just tapping in to what we're feeling and how we're feeling it. And I hope this supports you wherever you are. So today I want to talk about the what happens in a stress response, so in your body, how your body reacts to stress. Because what is happening right now worldwide is that we are all experiencing a significant increase in the amount of stress that we have. And there are predictable things that happen in our nervous system. So our bodies release stress hormones. Some of these are adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol. And these produce like certain predictable physiological changes that help us cope with threats or danger. So we are living in a heightened sense of danger. I mean, some of it is perceived and some of it is real, which means to unpack that a little bit, our minds are constantly looking for danger because they're trying to constantly keep us safe. So even several months ago, many of us were living inside of a stress response because we're constantly aware of and alert for and looking for, well, what could go wrong and how could it go wrong? Even if those things that could go wrong are like tripping over the bed sheets or they may seem inconsequential now, like, did I leave the lunch in the lunch bag? But we tend to have uh, a lot of both real and perceived stress that happens to us. So now we're living in a time with heightened stress and heightened fear. And the news is is not necessarily making it better. But but we are all feeling some sort of this stress response. Some people talk it talk about it as fight or flight. 
I think there's fight. F- I, I, someone else who t- not, I don't think this. this. This is clearly from someone else. Let me just edit that right now. Um, there's also the fight, flight, or freeze. So these hormones surge, these stress hormones surge, and then we have different experiences of what to do with them. We can go into a fight stage. So we get really anxious and we want to like punch things and we're angry and we're aggressive or more agitated. Um, We want to run, we want to flee, we want to get away. That's the flight. And then we also can experience freezing. I've lived through a number of scenarios like this where I've experienced each of these different types of responses. And I will tell you that if there's any way to be moderately analytical about this, this is actually a really interesting time to watch and observe yourself and your reactions and just be like, well, I wonder who who do I become during times of stress? And are like what do these reactions feel like in my body and okay my children are in the other room um, asking for breakfast if you hear children's noises in the background that's because there are children in the background okay where was I fight flight freeze we feel these I'm getting so distracted (laughs) we feel these reactions because um what was I saying you all what was I saying oh um if you can be analytical about it If you can be analytical about it, let yourself observe the way that you respond. So let yourself look and say, what's happening to me right now? What am I experiencing? Do I feel numb? Do I feel um, afraid? Do I feel scared? Am I working myself up into a lather because I need to get 100 new projects done? Have I just started 27 initiatives? Am I panicking? Am I unable to sleep? Just watch it without necessarily judging it. So I want to dig into this a little bit more because I think there are several tools I want to share with you for dealing with the heightened amount of stress. Um, And then Also, understanding how we're feeling and why we're feeling the way we're feeling can be really useful in terms of supporting each other and supporting ourselves and and having empathy. So uh, let me unpack this. Some of the common responses to stressful news or stressful situations include irritability, anger, restlessness, sadness, moodiness, grief, depression, vivid dreams, um, uh, excess energy. So if you are feeling any one of these things or you're identifying with any one of these things, I want to tell you that your feelings and reactions are perfectly normal. So this is this is totally normal and totally accurate. And when I look out at the world, I can actually stand in my um, apartment and look out the window and I still can see people walking down the streets of New York City. Actually, What's astonishing is how many people are not socially isolating. I can see groups of people and people like still trying to behave as as normal. And <laughs> as an aside, uh, as a and as an extremely cautious person, I am actually more afraid of the fact that people aren't socially isol- isolating. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm just going to stay inside for 90 days. I'm going to stay inside for a year. Like I'm never leaving the house because you all scare me. Um, that's my response. That's like I have deep pragmatism slash anxiety. But when it comes to to feeling your stress responses, when I look out the window and I see people, I actually can understand them. 
Because one of the things that happens when we uh, have stress and, and when we feel an overwhelming amount of anxiety or uncertainty or even grief, we can go into denial. We can go into avoidance. We can just not be able to believe what's happening. And so for people out there who are not socially isolating or who are making jokes or who are trying to say that this isn't as important as it is, I can understand them from a place of deep empathy because this is their coping mechanism. Like I think that, you know, part of, part of, part of what we can do is be like, oh, people are just being idiots. Why are they being so stupid? But that reaction doesn't necessarily serve us because what it does is it makes us angry and we are the experiencers of that anger. And then it influences what we do with the rest of our time and our energy and our day. So that is actually stealing from us. Unless being angry is productive for you or you can feel it and then release it, great. But if you feel angry and then you're stuck inside of that washer dryer cycle of feeling anger, what's useful for me is to remember that Everybody is having a different reaction right now, and it's okay for each person to have their reaction. It's actually very normal psychologically for 20%, I'm making that number up. So some section of this population, some segment of any population is going to be feeling uh, panic and freeze. Some are going to have to engage in denial because it is their brain's coping mechanism for dealing with situations like this. Some people are going to feel extremely agitated and restless. So if you are living at home with your partner right now and they are driving you up the wall because they are so agitated and have so much extra energy, see if you can look at it from the lens of a stress response. If your children are behaving erratically or they're jumping off the walls too, they're probably picking up on the stress in the world. They're very smart and they're sensitive beings and they can, okay, my children are really yelling right now. I hope that, um, I hope that it's, the sound is still, is still good. (laughs) Y'all, I'm going to publish this because I think it'll be a good, um, (laughs) hold on. I have to pause this for a second. Okay, I'm back. Um, So my three-year-old will sometimes come up to the bedroom door. And uh, for those of you listening, we have our, because we live in New York City, we have this tiny, tiny apartment with no backyard. Um, Ask me in a couple, check in on me in a couple weeks and see how this quarantine is going. But our bedroom, inside of the room that I am in right now, we have our bed. uh, We have our Peloton bike. We have my office desk and we have my piano. So this room is our uh, sleeping facility, our exercise home gym, my studio office, and my piano. I will say that I got sound uh, blocking curtains. I got really heavy duty sound blocking curtains because I set up the home office this way because it helps with the podcast sound. Um, And it was a great bonus for uh, the bedroom sleeping arrangement because the two things happen to be in the same room. I may have to keep recording this podcast later after my children decide not to do whatever they are doing. (laughs) I actually think I'm going to go look up those, you know, when you go into a restaurant and 
there's like a curtain to protect from winter. It's like that big, thick, heavy drape. I'm gonna see if I can maybe install a heavy drape because we have a little vestibule right at the entrance of our bedroom. And I'm gonna see if I can install like a big heavy drape to slide closed to help with some sound blocking. If not just for podcast recording, also for sanity purposes, because trying to write while having screaming children on the other side of a door is is an exercise in attention and focus. Okay, so where were we? Talking about feelings. I have notes in front of me because um, my ability to sustain a single thought over a 20-minute to 60-minute period of time is challenging. So the note that I wrote to myself, your feelings and your reactions are perfectly okay. Yeah. So the point of all of this, the point of today's episode, the thing that I want to show up and talk about, however imperfectly, is that we are going to have very different stress responses and emotional responses to what's going on. And your children and you and your work colleagues and your um, spouse or your partners or your parents And whoever it is that you are still interacting with in these times of social isolation, every person, every human is going to have a different reaction. And if you notice that there is some energy or agitation coming at you from someone else, let's take a moment to pause and exhale because it's probably not actually about you. It is a stress response that's happening. And you can take the lens of a scientist or an observer and say, wow, you know, I mean, of of course, feel your feelings like that was really annoying. I don't like being the recipient of that energy. But also, wow, this is how this person behaves in a time of stress. And then for you personally, as you are navigating maybe some new feelings or some uncomfortable feelings, the thing that is really helpful to remember is that feelings aren't, there's a quote, I just read this beautiful article on Harvard Business Review about dealing with grief. But he wrote about dealing with emotions and knowing that the feelings aren't lying and waiting somewhere to gang up on us. And they're not going to overwhelm us and take us. They just want to be heard for however long they need to visit, but they do go away. Feelings and emotions need expression. They're here to tell us something, but they really do, after you sit with them and feel them, they do start to dissipate and dissolve. So don't be too afraid of them. If you are trying to figure out what it is that you're feeling in the first place, there are a couple of practices that I recommend. The first is to drop into your body and ask yourself to identify the physical experience of your feeling to describe it, to name it, to taste it. So when I get anxious, for example, I feel like the bottom of my stomach starts to feel a little acidic. I feel some bubbling in my esophagus. I feel fluttering in parts and tension in parts of my lower abdomen. I mean, and put a little more uh, specifically, by fluttering and bubbling, I actually mean like I get loose poops. So when I get super anxious, I can feel like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom. And that's one of the physical responses that happens to me. If you do a practice of body scan meditation, I adore those. But it's a, you sit for a few minutes 
and you look through your body with your mind. So you say, okay, how is my, how's my neck feeling? Oh, that, you know, I'm cricking my neck and that's feeling a little tense. And how are my shoulders feeling? Wow, they're hunched up close to my ears. Um, how's my breath? Ooh, I'm holding it. You know, how's my stomach? Yep, sucking that in. Like, what can, what's happening here in my hips? Wow, it feels like my hip flexors are really tight. So as you scan your body, you can start to notice where you are affecting all of it and how you're holding different emotions in and then relaxing and releasing those can be really useful as well. And lastly, if you have a journaling practice, or even if you don't, and you want to start one up, I find writing down my feelings to be like, it feels so silly. Like, whoa, why am I spending time on this? But then it is so useful just to sit down and journal and write. And now is actually one of the best times to do it because first of all in one or five or 25 years when you are telling the story of what happened during this year you will look back at your diary notes or your journal notes as a point of reference and being able to have a catalog of what it was like to live through this is going to be a once in a lifetime story. Like this is just the wildest thing that we're going through. So if you don't have a journaling practice, start one. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can write on ugly paper. You can write on like bad printer paper and just staple them together with a pen while you're hiding under the bed, avoiding your children for a few minutes and just write, you know, day 14, have not eaten the cat food yet children are bonkers. They are all still alive, right? You can make this comical if you want to. But um, writing things down is so soothing. I love um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. It is a book that takes you through 12 weeks of journaling. And it can be just so soul cleansing and mind cleansing. And at a time when I'm sure you might be feeling completely scrambled and upside down, it can be really useful. I remember that I opened my diary again like seven days after we went into isolation and I just sat down and listed everything that happened like a chronology and I said okay we went into isolation on this day I did grocery shopping on this day the schools closed on this day these are the counts that we had on this day even just recording some of the the news headlines from the day can be really interesting and grounding because you get to see it and it kind of it for me at least it leaves my body when I put it to paper or at least moves to a place where I can see it and not feel the turmoil that happens inside when everything is just spinning around like a loose cannon so that's it for today we made it through a podcast episode I'm so proud of us (laughs) Um, I am going to publish this. I, um, I This is just like, this is where we are, y'all. We are going to do the best we can. Um, I wish you could see inside my studio right now because I took my microphone and I took these soft foam pads. You know how delivery boxes can sometimes have like styrofoam or foam pads? I just got this keyboard a couple months ago from my... Uh, from Apple to to have a digital keyboard so I could change my workstation. And it came with all these foam pads. And I actually have wrapped them around my microphone in a like fleeting attempt to try to block out and buffer some of the noise that's going to happen. I am curious how often I'll be able to podcast with children at home, depending on how long this lasts. But I would love to come back here whenever I can to update you. What I am going to do with this podcast over the next couple of weeks is 
come here with strategies that are useful and reactions and tools, things that I find that I can share. I will share an inside peek of my life as best as I can and as much as I think it's useful for you. We do have a lot of episodes that are already recorded that I want to publish and share. But for now, we're just going to take anywhere from four to eight weeks to just breathe and recalibrate and get through this first couple of months of this of what we are going through. I'm not in any rush to make a permanent plan or to change things. I want to strive to continue to release one episode per week, but we are going to take it day by day because that is all we can do. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you are staying safe. I hope you are staying healthy. You are all in my thoughts. I'm thinking about so many of you. Um, Be well. Be well. I'll see you next time.